0: Hi everyone, I'm Chloe and welcome back to another episode of What's Up WWE Universe, the podcast where we recap pay-per-views, Raw, NXT 2.0, and SmackDown and talk about news, rumors, wrestlers, matches, and everything going on in the WWE Universe. Before we get started, make sure to follow or subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Tell everyone you know so that we can keep our audience growing and spreading. And if you haven't already, make sure you go check out our Facebook page at What's Up WWE Universe Pod and check out which wrestler I dressed up as this week. Last week, in case you didn't see it, I dressed up as Shayna Baszler, and I was um pretty proud of myself, actually. We put it on Instagram, and we tagged Shayna, of course, and Shayna actually saw it and DM'd my mom, like, the cool sunglasses emoji. So, yeah, Shayna saw it. So, that's pretty darn cool. I don't know. Maybe something similar will will, uh, will happen with this one. And I have discovered that our polls and our questions actually do work. Last week, I put out, who would you want to see when the, um... Queen's Crown Tournament, and one of you told me that you'd like to see Dewdrop win, and that is very possible because she has qualified for the semi finals. But, anyways, let's just get into this and recap this past week's episode of Monday Night Raw. <music> So on this past week's episode of Monday Night Raw... We started out the night with Drew McIntyre hyping up Crown Jewel, and I forgot to mention during our intro for the polls this week, I asked you guys which match are you most excited for at Crown Jewel, so go vote on that, and Drew McIntyre hyped up the Crown Jewel and was looking forward to becoming WWE Champion again, and we're actually going to talk about that championship a little later in this episode, so stay tuned for that. Then Big E came out and interrupted and Said that Drew would never be able to take away his WWE Championship. And then Drew recalled his runs as the WWE Champion and said that he was still waiting for his moment. And he said that moment was going to come at Crown Jewel. And then the Usos interrupted and they hyped up Roman Reigns' match, even though, of course, they're not actually on SmackDown. They said it's just because, you know, their cousin's the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. And they hyped up Roman's match and they contemplated who the winner of Biggie and Drew's match would be. And they also sent some warnings to Drew and Biggie regarding the bloodline. You know, Drew, he's on SmackDown now. So it said they said that, you know, like, they and Roman would might be coming for him. And then they told Biggie that they would be coming for Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods on SmackDown. And then the Usos challenged Big E and Drew to a tag team match. And Big E and Drew accepted that match. And the Usos attacked Big E and Drew. And although, of course, Big E and Drew McIntyre are not enemies, but there was tension visible. Like, Big E was like, yeah, I think I speak for both myself and Drew. And Drew was like, "Uh uh-uh, you don't speak for me. So, uh, doesn't look like they're 100% on the same page for that match. And then we saw the New Day We're about to go out for Xavier Woods, King of the Ring, round one match. And Kevin Patrick asked them what would happen if they would end up having to face each other in the semifinals. And they kind of awkwardly laughed. And they were like, alright, there's our music. We gotta go. Bye, thanks. And then we saw Xavier Woods take on Ricochet. And before this match, Ricochet said that he looked forward to becoming King Ricochet, and I thought that this was a very good match, actually. It's good to see Ricochet gets more attention, because he hasn't gotten too much of that lately, and I think he's a lot more deserving of it. I mean, can we talk about, you know, his flip over the ring a few years ago? I mean, who could forget that? But it was Xavier Woods who was able to win this match and move on to the semifinals, um... And I really think that um, Ricochet, hopefully with him coming on to Snackdown, starts off a new chapter for him. um, Some more screen time, hopefully, and just some more usage of him in general. And then we saw Riddle told Randy Orton that somebody challenged Omos. And this was one of my favorite parts in this episode. He said, I'll give you a hint. He's got a head full of lettuce and he loves Lunchables. And so it was him who challenged Omas, of course. And he said that it was all a part of Randy's plan, but Randy said that there was no plan to challenge Omas. So I don't know, just a little mistakenness from Riddle, of course, as usual. But, anyways, moving on, we saw Musfa Ali and Mansoor go up against Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin, the newly reunited Hurt Business. And at the end of the match, it was Cedric and Shelton who were able to get the win. And then after the match, Mansoor tried to help up Mustafa Ali, but Ali pushed away Mansoor. So it looked like, you know, things were not good between those two. And then we saw Shayna Baszler versus Dana Brooke, Queen's Crown Tournament match round one. We did see Shayna Baszler pick up the win with a very swift knee to the face. And then she tried to continue to attack Dana Brooke after the match. But Dana was able to escape from that. Any further damage, she was like, that was uncalled for. Stop that. And then we saw Charlotte Flair said that she didn't care about Bianca Belair or Becky Lynch or Sasha Banks. And she actually said that she wanted Sasha Banks to win at Crown Jewel so that she could beat her when she comes to SmackDown and become W. No, not WWE. Well, a double WWE champion. We'll say that. Because they had a four woman tag team match. It was Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch against Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. A very crazy, amazing sounding match, definitely. And then we saw the match that was Riddle versus Omos. And before this match even began, Riddle tried to distract um, Omos before, you know, the match even began for Randy Orton to come out. He's like, all right, Randy, come out now. He's like, all right, here, I'll do the code word. I hear voices in my head, they come to me. But... Randy didn't come out, and so AJ Styles confronted Riddle for everything he's doing. Then Riddle led the crowd into chanting for Randy. And then we actually saw this match, and <clears throat> Riddle actually tried to go after AJ Styles during this match. And then during this match, AJ Styles told Omos to give Riddle a roundhouse kick, which he did. And AJ Styles made everyone watch replays of it and then he told omos to give riddle a cb whatever that was i guess a choke slam or something and that is what put the win for omos and then after the match aj styles and omos tried to continue to attack riddle but then randy orton's music played and started distracted them And then Randy RKO'd AJ Styles from behind. So I don't know. Maybe we'll finally get to see this big moment between AJ, not uh, not AJ, Omos and Randy Orton at Crown Jewel. We'll have to see. And then we saw Drew McIntyre confronted Biggie about what happened to them earlier. And Biggie told them to just be on the same page for the night and let bygones be bygones. And Drew agreed and said that Roman Reigns might be scared of them. And then they started talking and laughing like two old friends. So it looked like maybe they were on the same page ahead of their tag team match. And then we saw Bobby Lashley coming out and saying that Goldberg's recent behavior is not befitting of a WWE superstar, a Hall of Famer, and a father. And he called Goldberg a rabid dog that needed to be put down. And Bobby planned to end Goldberg's career at Crown Jewel. And then Bobby said that Goldberg can't kill him. Because, you know, Goldberg talked about, you're next and you're dead. But Bobby's like, not on my watch. And then we saw Sasha Banks told Bianca Belair... To just follow her lead during their tag team match. And then she planned to beat Becky Lynch on SmackDown. And then she planned to become the SmackDown Women's Champion at Crown Jewel. To put the cherry on top of her big plans. And then we saw Jeff Hardy go up against Austin Theory. Of course, you know, Jeff Hardy is about to go on to SmackDown. So this would be like maybe the last... Thing for Jeff Hardy on Raw in a little bit and during this match actually Reggie and the 24-7 mob came out. They were all chasing Reggie. I mean Reggie is actually the longest reigning 24-7 champion so that's pretty cool for him for sure and Austin Theory did not like this and he attempted to go after our truth but he was able to escape and at the end of this match it was Austin Theory who put a roll-up on to Jeff Hardy. So Jeff Hardy has not, you know, been the best this past week. So, and you know, there's a lot of speculation that he's going to bring out his Willow character um, on SmackDown now that he's on that roster. So we'll have to see. That would be very very interesting. And then we saw Bianca Belair said that she would prove that she didn't have to cheat to win when she wins at Crown Jewel, and she doesn't understand why she needs to follow Sasha Banks' lead after, you know, everything that happened at WrestleMania, and said that she would knock off Becky Lynch in less than 30 seconds. (laughs) And then the New Day, Kevin Patrick asked them again what would happen if they had to Face each other in the semifinals of the King of the Ring tournament, and they still didn't answer. They were just like, "Hoo hoo hoo!" And then their music hit. They're like, "Oh, music's hitting. We gotta go!" And so we saw Jinder Mahal versus Kofi Kingston in the King of the Ring tournament match, round one, and it was Jinder Mahal who was able to pick up. This win so you know it sucks for kofi kingston but hey i mean the new day doesn't have to face each other so i guess that's a good thing and then we saw becky lynch said that she would lead her team to victory tonight and that she would walk out of crown jewel the same way she walked in as the smackdown women's champion and so we saw that match, or at least being set up, and it was about to start, and Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair were fighting about who would start for their team. They were getting physical with each other and fighting, and then a brawl broke out, and Charlotte Flair even flattened Becky Lynch before Becky fought back, and then Bianca threw Sasha on to Charlotte and Becky. Absolute craziness. And then Adam Pearson, Sonya Deville, came out and demanded that The girls get back in the ring for the match, and some officials actually had to help them. And during this match, I mean, a lot of dominance from these women. Some of the greatest women to ever do it in WWE. But during this match, Bianca Belair actually put her hands on Sasha during the match, which led to a no contest. And then a brawl broke out between Bianca, Sasha, and Becky because Charlotte was already walking out. And Becky was able to get the last laugh because she dropped Sasha with the manhandle slam. So she's already feeling pretty darn good ahead of Crown Jewel. And then we saw the Usos said that they would take Roman Reigns' order to complete the mission. I don't know what mission they're talking about, but hey, it's Roman Reigns. It's the bloodline. I mean, you can expect almost anything from them, honestly, at this point. I mean, they're so unpredictable. I mean, you know, Roman's been the universal champ for over a year now, and the bloodline's been through a lot. So, we'll have to see what this mission is. And then we saw Dewdrop ahead of her match in the Queen's Crown Tournament. She said that she wanted to make all the little boys and girls feel like royalty. And we saw her go up against Natalia in the Round 1 Tournament of the Queen's Crown Tournament. And... Natalia was very serious, very passionate about this. She credited, you know, her family for paving the way for this. And she even tossed out Dewdrop's flower during this match. And during this match, Shayna Baszler was actually seen watching the match backstage. And she was slightly laughing, you know, to watch who was she going to face in the semifinals. And it was Dewdrop that got the victory. So whoever it was that you voted for Dewdrop, it looks like maybe your wish has turned into a reality buddy <laughs> and then we saw john morrison was like meditating um i guess and then super brutality were like what are you doing he's like girls can't you see and they were just like ria asked nikki she's like you know what he's doing and nikki's like no so i guess you know John Morrison's kind of been stuck in limbo. Um, You know, I think he was supposed to have like a big... He was supposed to have a match with The Miz, but that did not happen. Um, And, of course, The Miz is not competing right now. He is currently on Dancing with the Stars. And you should... If you haven't seen it, you should go and see the makeup he did for Disney night. But I guess whenever The Miz comes back, that's when that rivalry will begin. And then we saw... Biggie was getting ready for his tag team match, and Austin Theory walked by and got a selfie with him. So I guess maybe that's Austin Theory's way of saying, I want a championship shot, maybe? I don't know. And then we saw Mansoor. He was, you know, backstage upset about what happened with Mustafa Ali back there and Musfali came up and told him that he was going to get eaten alive without him and said that he's absolutely nothing and then he walked away and Mansoor said that he was just going to talk with him later when he's cooled down then Ali viciously attacked him. He had to get medics and so it looks like this partnership between Mansoor and Musfali is done and then we saw Drew McIntyre and Big E Versus the Usos. Um, and during this match. You know it looked like earlier. That the um, Drew McIntyre and Biggie Looked like they were you know. Getting on the same page. But during this match. Drew McIntyre pulled out Biggie Out of the ring. And he brawled with him. And that costed themselves the match. Because the Usos won via count out. And then the Usos. Started to attack Drew McIntyre. But then. Big E and Drew were able to get away and continued their brawl. And then Drew claymored Big E. So, you know, Drew is definitely set on becoming the WWE champion once again. And like I mentioned earlier, we are going to talk about that match a little bit later. But anyways, that is all for the Raw recap. Now, let's recap this past week's episode of NXT 2.0. So, on this past week's episode of NXT 2.0, we started out the night with, it was before the show even began, Hit Row was arriving, and Isaiah Swerve Scott had his headphones in, then Legato Delphantasma attacked Isaiah Swerve Scott, and they kidnapped all the members of Hit Row. And so, you know, this was extreme fuel for Isaiah Swarp Scott ahead of his championship match with Santos Escobar. And then the show started, and we saw Joe Gacy said that he planned to be victorious over Tommaso Ciampa and to be, and then to move on and be a champion for all of his little snowflakes, whatever that's supposed to mean. And then we saw Joe Gacy go up against. Tomaso Champa, and during this match, we actually saw the same man from last week, um, whoever he is, of course. And he was watching this match in the audience. And at the end of the match, it was Tomaso Champa who won the match. And this man attacked Tomaso Champa and Joe Gacy after the match. And Joe Gacy tried to go up to Tomaso Champa after that. But Tommaso Ciampa pushed him away and he was just ready to move on. And then we saw um, Toxic Attraction came out. And they said that they were unsatisfied after Io Shirai and Zoe Stark um, saved Raquel Gonzalez after last week. And they said that they wanted the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships at Halloween Havoc. And then Mandy Rose challenged Raquel for the NXT Women's Championship at Halloween Havoc. They targeted having all the gold. And so it looks like they are on their journey to try and achieve that goal. And then we saw Zion Quinn go up against Malik Blade. And we did see Zion Quinn get the win. And then we saw Tommaso Ciampa... He didn't care about Joe Gacy or what just happened to them. He was only focused on Halloween Havoc. And then the Grizzled Young Veterans came over to him and tormented Tommaso Champa, And they were like, oh, I can't wait to see you lose that championship. And then Braun Breaker came over and was like, all right, I'm going to get y'all if y'all won't walk away. And, you know, Tommaso Champa and Braun Breaker, of course, as has been this whole time, Tension was visible. So we will be seeing that match between Tommaso Champa and Braun Breaker versus the Grizzled Young Veterans next week, I believe. So, And then we saw Beth Phoenix actually talking about the Crown Jewel and the Hell in a Cell match that um, Edge and Seth Rollins are going to have. And she wished Seth Rollins some good luck because she said that he was going to need it. Um, and then we saw Isaiah Swerve Scott said that he would fight for Hit Row, and he planned to take his North American Championship with him up to SmackDown. And then we saw Ivy Nile versus Valentina Feroz. This is Ivy's first singles match, or match in general, here in NXT. And she got the win, and with a tap out, she had this crazy like weird kind of, I don't know how to put it. She put her on her back and like pulled her, which led Valentina to tap out. And then after that match, Malcolm Bivens celebrated the dominance of the the um, Diamond Mind. And then Aikiman Jiro interrupted, and it looked like he was like I and Roderick Strong, like he wants a cruiserweight championship opportunity. And then he got targeted by Julius Creed of the Creed brothers, who Aikiman punched down. And so we got to see Aiki Manjiro go up against Julius Creed, but at the end of this match, it was the um, it was Julius Creed who won this match. And I would honestly, can we please just get a win for Aiki Manjiro? Is there like someone in the de- in the NXT WWE universe that doesn't love Ike Manjiro? Let's just let him have a win for once. And then the Diamond Mine attacked. Aiki Manjiro after the match. And then Kushida came out to help, but then he got attacked too. And so I would love to see like a match at Halloween Havoc, Roderick Strong versus Aiki Manjiro versus Kushida for the Cruiserweight Championship. I think that would be an awesome match, honestly. And then we saw Raquel Gonzalez said that she would spin the wheel and make a deal with Manny Rose at Halloween Havoc. That is the match that determines the stipulations right before the match. We saw that. With both of the garganos last year at Halloween Havoc, so we'll have to see, you know, what choices are on the wheel this year. Um, and then we saw lashing out with Lash Legend, and she talked about the WWE draft, how it kind of is like the WWE Squid Games. And then she named Hit Bro as the Legends of the Week. And then she talked about, you know, how Tony D'Angelo asked to be on her show last week. She gave him three words forget about it. And then we saw the match that was announced last week. Um Kyle O'Reilly, um and Von Wagner up against Rich Holland and Pete Dunn and the winners of this match were Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner because um Kyle put Dunn with put Dun away with a flying knee and then Von Wagner slammed his way and won the match for himself and Kyle, so maybe we'll see this team up again. Maybe not, but we'll just have to wait and see. And then we saw the Andre Chase University was teaching that Odyssey Jones doesn't have all that it takes to be a good ring and competitor. And then he kicked out a guy named Brandon when he asked if what he did to Odyssey last week was illegal and would have called for a disqualification. You know, he tried to attack odyssey jones and costed him the match when he put his foot on the ropes and so we like cursed him out he's like yeah get out of here and tell steve i said something he couldn't even say it had to be ble- 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 bleeped out excuse me and then we saw tony d'angelo celebrated his successful debut and you know he He was like, "All right, Last Legend's telling me to forget about it. Alright, that's fine. And he was standing in front of his car and you could hear like a muffled screaming in it. So it seems like he kidnapped a producer. I don't know, is he trying to get on lashing out that badly? I don't know, man. But then we saw Duke Hudson go up against Grayson Waller. And the winner of this match was Duke Hudson, even though Grayson Waller talked about... How big of a boxing champion he was back in Australia. It was to Hudson who won this match. Um, and then we saw Santos Escobar taunting Isaiah Swerve Scott ahead of their championship match. He said that he had his family or his familia with him and Swerve did not. So he felt like he had an advantage over that. And and then we saw Andy Hartwell kissing Dexter Loomis on the cheek before her match, her tag team match with Persia Parada, and then we saw MSK said that MSK is an embarrassment, and they planned to save the NXT universe from them. So maybe in that Halloween Havoc, we will see maybe um, MSK versus Imperium for the NXT tag team championships. I think that'd be really cool. But then we saw Persia Parada. And Indy Hartwell versus Saray. and Amari Miller. Saray, of course, has been here for a little bit. And Amari Miller is one of the newest recruits. And I feel like Saray, like, it's good to see her and Amari getting that time. Because, you know, Amari just came here. And Saray, I just feel like she deserves a lot more screen time than she has been given. Like, it was so hyped up when she first came. But now it's just... She just needs to be used more. But it was... Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada who got the win, and after that they said that they had their eyes on the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships, and Io Shirai and Zoe Stark, the Women's Tag Team Champions, came out, and Io was talking about how she didn't like anyone, she didn't like Indy, she didn't like Persia, and she didn't even like Zoe, of course. And then Toxic Attraction came out and said that they didn't care, you know, who they were facing. Or if they liked them or not. They just wanted the championships. And then a brawl broke out. And then Io and Zoe got the last laugh. And so at Halloween Havoc, it has been confirmed. We will be seeing a triple threat between Io Shirai and Zoe Stark. Toxic Attraction and Persia Parada and Emmy Hartwell. For the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. Which I am pretty excited to see that match. And then we saw... Grayson Waller, even though he just lost, he hit on a girl backstage. And then Cameron Grimes, who he has mentioned, he is now on a quest to look for love. And he, you know, asked for some dating tips. And he even asked him, like, where he could find some more girls. And Grayson, it looked like he introduced Cameron to some online dating. So it looks like, you know, Cameron is going to date a person he met online maybe? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see where this whole Cameron Grimes dating storyline goes and then we saw Solo Sokoa is coming soon. I have no idea what to expect from him. We'll just have to wait and see whenever he comes. And then we saw Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Santos Escobar for the North American Championship. Before the match even begun, Isaiah Swerve Scott attacked Santos Escobar. Still extremely upset about what he did to Hit Row earlier and how could he not be. And during this match, it was absolutely nothing short of awesomeness. I don't know if that's a real word, but it was awesome. (laughs) And during this match, Legado del Fantasma came out to distract the ref before they got attacked by Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. And at the end of this match, it was Isaiah Swerve Scott who put the match, I mean, well, won the match. And then Carmelo Hayes attacked Isaiah Swerve Scott, and he cashed in his championship contract that he won for being the winner of the breakout tournament. And so we saw that little match, Isaiah Swerp Scott versus Carmelo Hayes for the North American Championship. I mean, Isaiah Swerve Scott, he tried to fight back. But at the end of this match, it was the it was Carmelo Hayes who was able to win the North American Championship. And so it looks like, you know, Isaiah Swerp Scott, of course, won't have the North American Championship when he goes up to SmackDown. But, hey, you know, he can... Try out for some even bigger ones. I mean, we got the Universal Championship. We have the Intercontinental Championship. Like, I mean, he could do anything. But anyways, that is it for our NXT 2.0 recap. Now, let's recap this past week's episode of Friday Night SmackDown. So, on this past episode of Friday Night SmackDown, we started out the night with Edge coming out and talking, of course, about Seth Rollins and their clash at Crown Jewel that is going to be coming up. And he admitted that he did underestimate Seth Rollins and that he wasn't Edge Light because that's what he's, you know, been calling him lately. He's Edge Light. But he was like, okay, I admit it, dude, you're you're not Edge Light. And he planned to scar Seth's soul at Crown Jewel. And during, while he was making the speech, Seth Rollins was actually seen watching this backstage. And like Shayna was on Raw, he was slightly laughing at it. And then we saw Finn Balor versus Sami Zayn in the King of the Ring semifinals. And before this match, Finn Balor planned to shut up Sami Zayn once, once and for all, and then Sami Zayn, though so he had like um, a fairy tale story tale ending, and he planned to become king, but at the end of this match, it was Finn Balor who was able to win and advance to the finals, so in Saudi Arabia, that is where he is going to be headed to the finals. And then we saw, actually during this match, Sami Zayn tried to use the ropes to win, but he was caught, so that did not happen. And then we saw Drew McIntyre is going to be coming to SmackDown next week. There were a lot of these little promos for the new draftees, Um, so we're going to have a lot of new people joining next week because that is when the draft officially takes into effect. And Naomi, ahead of her match with what was said to be Sonya Deville, she was so happy that she finally got to have a match, and she said that Sonya Deville made a big mistake by taking her for granted. And then before that match, Naomi was out there, and Sony came out and was like, uh-uh, that's why you stay in the whole time in my office and listen to everything I say. She said that Naomi would be facing her and Shayna Baszler. So a very unfair advantage for Naomi, Sonya and Shayna did absolutely nothing but beat her down to win the match and Sonya actually got a new theme after the match So I don't know if Sonya is going to be traveling around with Shayna now I honestly hope that doesn't happen because I just feel like you know Shayna she in order to get like her extreme dominance Again, I just feel like she needs to be on her own She was on her own In NXT, and y'all remember how extremely dominant she was back then. And I feel like, you know, this past year when she teamed with Nia, she kind of got, like, watered down a little bit. So I really hope that, you know, we just keep Shayna on her own because she's pretty good that way. And then we saw Hit Row was coming soon. It didn't say next week, but it did say soon. So I don't know what's, you know, Hit Row's status was... Isaiah Swirps got able to get, you know, Bfab and Ashanti Theodonis back from Legado del Fantasma. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. And Sasha Banks was talking about her greatness and she planned to make history at Crown Jewel and take back her SmackDown Women's Championship and planned to give big-time Bex a big-time beatdown later in the night. And then we saw Seth Rollins coming out and said that Edge had no chance against him at Crown Jewel and that he's better than Edge in every way and that he's not intimidated by Edge he said that multiple times he's not intimidated or scared of Edge at Crown Jewel and the audience was on Edge's side they chanted we want Edge and then Seth said that Helena Cell is the reason why he is the man he is today he is extremely familiar with the Cell and so he is feeling pretty darn confident headed into Crown Jewel. And then we saw Carmela and Zelina Vega. They have technically been allies for the past couple months. But they had to face each other in the um, semifinals for the Queen's Crown Tournament. And they planned to have a clean and fair match with each other. And Carmela trusted that Zelina wouldn't break her face. And so she didn't put on her protective face mask. And during the match though, Zelina got pretty aggressive and Pramela tried to get her mask, but then Liv Morgan was standing there with the mask and that led for Zelina Vega to pick up the win and she is headed to the finals of the Queen's Crown Tournament. And honestly, I tried to... I forgot to mention this earlier, but I thought that the Queen's Crown Tournament results this week were a lot better than last week's. I'm very happy for um, both Dewdrop and Shayna Baszler. They're very deserving of it. And so we'll just have to see who is Alina going to face. Is it going to be Dewdrop or Shayna? And then we saw Sheamus is coming next week. He was on SmackDown, you know, when he came back after a hiatus. But he is back on the show. And then we saw Happy Talk and Mad Cat Moss told some stupid joke about a hen. And then their Happy Corbin was like, oh, speaking of hens, what about Kevin Owens? He's a chicken. And he said that Kevin Owens would is just like a Friday Night Smackdown disappointment. And then Madcap Moss started a joke about Ricochet and Drew McIntyre, some of the new recruits on SmackDown. Um, And then we saw Rick Books and Shinsuke Nakamura put a stop to that and had a jam session with the Street Profits who were coming out for their match. And remember, he's not King Nakamura anymore. He's Shinsuke Nakamura. He gave up the crown in honor of the King of the Ring tournament. And then we saw the New Day is coming next week. So many people come next week. And the Street Profits went up against the Usos in a street fight for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. I mean, nothing short of awesome, crazy from these teams. But at the end, it was the Usos who were able to get the win and still be the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. And then we saw Becky Lynch... Feeding off of what Sasha Banks said, she said that her greatness would be beating Sasha Banks tonight and then retaining her SmackDown Women's Championship against her and Bianca Belair at Crown Jewel. Then Charlotte Flair is coming next week. I assume she will be challenging whoever, you know, wins at Crown Jewel. And then we got to see Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks. And Bianca Belair actually came out before the match started to watch on commentary. And during this match, Sasha Banks actually put Becky Lynch in the bank statement outside of the ring, and Becky was tapping, but of course it doesn't count because it had to be inside of the ring. And during this match, Becky was caught trying to use the ropes to try and win the match, but of course it doesn't work. And there was actually one part where Becky was trying to punch Sasha, but Sasha moved away and she accidentally punched Bianca Belair down, but she didn't seem to mind really. She, I'm sure she was like, hey, she deserves it. And during this match, Bianca Belair almost hit Becky with her hair during the match while the ref wasn't looking. She didn't quite hit her, but still it distracted Becky. And the winner of this match was Sasha Banks. So I'm pretty sure Sasha is feeling pretty darn confident heading into Crown Jewel on Thursday. And then we saw Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar have their Crown Jewel contract signing. It was pretty chill, but made quite the statement. Um, the contract got signed, Brock signed it pretty quickly, and Roman was like, Oh, you idiot! I mean, who? what kind of man are you? You don't even read the contract before you sign it. And Brock was like... I already read the contract with my good friend Paul Heyman. And then Roman just looks so confused. And then Brock just kind of <laughs> looked over at him and just casually walked out. So what is going on with Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman right now? Are they, you know, are they back together? Or is Brock just doing this maybe to spite Roman and play some tricks on him and create some tension in the bloodline? Mm, I don't know. But anyways, that is all for our SmackDown recap and our recaps of this episode. Now, let's talk about some news. Lacey Evans has announced the birth of her baby girl. So, back in February, Lacey Evans announced that she was pregnant And she has now announced that she has given birth to that baby. She announced on Saturday that her daughter was born at 4.20 a.m. at 7 pounds and 8 ounces. And she also posted that she gave birth to her baby at home because of COVID-19 hospital restrictions. And this is what her post read. I found out shortly after getting pregnant that, due to COVID, my family wouldn't fully get to be a part of welcoming our second child into the world. My daughter wouldn't be allowed in the hospital at all, and my husband would have many restrictions. I couldn't imagine my little lady missing it. I couldn't imagine the limitations in the birthing experience we would be left with, so home it was. Born 4.20 a.m. in my recliner, 7 pounds 8 ounces, with my little lady and husband by my side the entire time. I got to see her reaction. I got to watch his smile. It was one of the hardest yet most rewarding things I've ever done and she is perfect. I'm going to take a nap now." And then she put a peace emoji, hourglass emoji, a heart emoji, and folded hands emoji. Also put hashtag God is so good hashtag SLE hashtag Baby Australia two hashtag Limitless Lady hashtag We can do it hashtag Family first and she also put pictures. She was in her recliner also in like a little birthing pool giving birth and. She did it. I mean she had that baby at home like if that doesn't prove what a strong woman she is I don't freaking know what does And if y'all remember of course this is her second child about two years ago the feud that Lacey had with bailey and sasha banks Her daughter summer was heavily featured in it and oh my gosh. I can't believe that was almost two years ago (laughs) but anyways a big congratulations to Lacey evans and Good luck on your recovery, and we hope to be seeing you back in the ring soon. And a big congrats to Lacey, Summer, and Alfonso, her husband, um, from all of us here at What's Up WWE Universe. Congratulations. Now, let's talk about a rumor. We might now know some reasons why WWE released Bray Wyatt. So this year, WWE has made so many shocking releases. And one of the most shocking would definitely have to be Bray Wyatt. He was one of the most beloved by the fans within these past couple years. You know, everyone loved The Fiend. Everyone loved the Firefly Funhouse. And it was an absolute shock when he got released. And Matt Andrew Zarian said that, there were several reasons why they released Bray Wyatt, in addition to the budget cuts that they keep saying that most of the releases are caused by. Um, Andrew Zarian said that WWE said that he was being difficult, he had some performance issues in the ring, and he also had some weight issues. Now, I don't know like if Bray was being difficult, what they mean by that. I don't know if they mean like he you know, wanted more, I don't know how to put it, but I don't know if it was like a behavioral thing or he just wanted, you know, more stuff done for him. And then the performance issues in the ring, I don't know if that was the actual wrestling because, I mean, he can wrestle people. And I don't know if it was, you know, other people, you know, were getting hurt because of him. I don't know if it was something like that. And then the weight issues thing, I don't know if that was, you know, more WWE focusing on that, or Bray Wyatt himself focusing on that. You know, back in NXT when he was Husky Harris, he um kind of, with Huskis the pig boy on the Firefly Funhouse, he was kind of poking fun at himself. You know, Huskus doesn't t- take very good care of himself. And so, I don't know if he was still, you know, coming off of that train, or, I mean, I don't know, but... I'm not one to, you know, say like what WWE should have g- done. I would have never in a million years guessed that Bray Wyatt would be released like this. But hey, it's been, you know, reported that maybe he'll sign a deal with Impact. Um, of course, AEW is the other most popular one where a lot of the release superstars this year have gone. I mean, we have Ruby Soho, Adam Cole's there. Malachi Black, I mean, there's more I could say, but anyways, I don't know, you know, but anyways, let's just go ahead and move on, and let's talk about a superstar, Xavier Woods. So, one of the top stars in WWE right now, and One of the top contenders to win the King of the Ring Tournament is The New Day's Xavier Woods. He previously, before he worked with WWE, was with TNA as Consequences Creed and was a TNA World Tag Team Champion with Jay Lethal as lethal consequences <laughs> and then he signed with WWE in 2010 and went to FCW before of course it was NXT and when he was in NXT he did this gimmick it was kind of like a 90s fanboy and he like used like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and Dragon Ball Z and other kind of 1990s pop culture into his matches and his ring gear and he stopped using the gimmick once he went up to WWE's main roster and then for his first little bit on the main roster he teamed with R-Truth. He defeated 3MB and they feuded with tons of funk, most likely Brodus Clay And at Extreme Rules, like, R-Truth and Xavier Woods were teaming up against tons of funk. And they had, you know, wins and losses against each other. But at Extreme Rules in 2014, they started, well, after that, they had started feuding with Rusev. And they were defeated in a handicap match by him. And then after that loss, Xavier and R-Truth quietly broke up. I mean... I can tell you, I've mentioned this before, but I hated Rusev when I was eight years old. I was—it was mostly because, like, he claimed that he was super anti-American, and he and Lana, I'm like, they don't like America, so they can leave and go back to Russia, because <laughs> that's when, like, he and Lana were representing Russia. But, anyways, of course, the New Day is by far the most if not the most, one of the most iconic tag teams in WWE history. It was actually Xavier Woods who came up with the idea for The New Day. They actually went on, like, main event and did a bunch of house shows using the gimmick, but they were quietly separated for a little bit, but they continued their alliance at live events, but then... During the November 3rd episode of Raw, they began airing some promos for them being labeled, of course, as the New Day. And they were, you know, first put on as, like, super over-exaggerating babyface characters, and then they made their in-ring debut against Curtis Axel, Heath Slater, and Titus O'Neil, which they won back in 2014, and of course, they are 11-time tag team champions, and I mean, of course, they are actually, they have one of their reigns, it was the Raw Tag Team Championships, and it was the longest tag team title reign of any kind in WWE history, and then, in 2015, the New Day Turned heel after, you know, fans didn't really like the group. Of course, people used to chant New Day Rocks, but then they chanted New Day Sucks for a little bit. But then they turned Babyface again, and now everyone screams New Day Rocks everywhere. And, of course, now jumping forward a little bit. In 2019, during a live event, Xavier Woods had a Achilles heel injury and was out for about a year. But then he came back a year later and he won the SmackDown Tag Team Championships with Kofi Kingston. But then it was announced that... Kofi and Xavier were drafted away from Biggie, and you know, I just want to please, WWE for Future Reference, do not draft the New Day away from each other. Please, please, please. And then they swapped and became the Raw Tag Team Champions when they went to Raw afterwards. And then they lost the Tag Team Championships at TLC to The Hurt Business, Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. And then they beat them again back in March. And then they lost the championships again at WrestleMania 37 when they lost to AJ Styles and Omos. And now he and Kofi Kingston are back on SmackDown. And Xavier Woods just made it to the semifinals of the King of the Ring tournament. He is going to face Jinder Mahal on the next episode of Raw. And I'm very excited. I'm definitely rooting for Xavier Woods I would absolutely love to see him as King of the Ring. He really does deserve it. And so I cannot wait to see how he does in his match on Raw. And just some good luck to Xavier Woods. And, um, new. Day rocks. (laughs) Now let's talk about a match that's coming up soon. Drew McIntyre versus Big E for the WWE Championship at Crown Jewel. So one of the most anticipated matches that is going to be happening this Thursday at Crown Jewel is going to be Drew McIntyre versus Biggie for the WWE Championship. Now, of course, like we mentioned earlier, things are not too good between Big E and Drew McIntyre. They're not enemies at all, but they just both want something, and that is to win the WWE Championship at Crown Jewel. And they both aren't going to stop, you know, because Drew hasn't been able to get a shot for the WWE championship in months. He lost to Bobby Lashley at Hell in a Cell, and that meant if Bobby Lashley was still champion, he cannot, you know, challenge Bobby for it. But now that Bobby Lashley is no longer the WWE champion, he can challenge for the championship again. And that is exactly what he's going to do. And I am very excited for this match because I am such huge fans of both Biggie and Drew McIntyre. If you guys saw the birthday haul video that I did on our Facebook page, y'all know that I am very much a big Drew McIntyre fan and I love Big E. Like honestly, who doesn't love Drew McIntyre and Biggie? I mean, come on, they're so lovable. But anyways, I'm very excited for this match. I know that these two men are going to bring out the best in each other. Now let's talk about our predictions for this match. So for our predictions for Drew McIntyre versus Big E for the WWE Championship at Crown Jewel, like I mentioned earlier, I know that this is going to be um, an amazing match. And I really think that these men are going to bring out the best in one another. But for my prediction, I am going to have to say that Biggie is going to retain because I just feel like he has so much more ways to go in his reign as the WWE champion. And of course, you know, taking all factors into consideration, Drew McIntyre is going over to SmackDown, so of course, I feel like that's, like we talked about last week, I feel like it would only be logical for Sasha Banks to win the SmackDown Women's Championship at Crown Jewel, and I feel like this would be the same way as well, but of course, you know, Drew McIntyre says that he has his eyes on the Universal Championship at um, SmackDown, so... You know, after this match, I feel like he just needs to put his focus into, you know, knocking off Roman Reigns. The last time he faced Roman was at last year's Survivor Series because he was WWE Champion at the time, but he came up short to Roman So, I feel like that would be like a redemption kind of story from Survivor Series. But for now, for the Crown Jewel WWE Championship match, I'm going to have to say I think Biggie is going to retain his WWE Championship. All right, that'll do it for this episode of What's Up WWE Universe. Again, make sure to follow or subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Tell everyone you know so that we keep our audience growing and spreading. And if you haven't already, make sure you go check out our Facebook page at What's Up WWE Universe Pod. And check out which cosplay Halloween costume I did this week. And remember, new episodes come out every Sunday. All right, I'm Chloe, and I'll see you guys next time. Bye, and enjoy Crown Jewel.